Alright folks, this is episode number 16 already, Mountains to Bayous, coming to you semi-live, as you can tell once again from the open air podcast studio, Duffield, Pennsylvania, uh, one hell of a campfire ripping in the background, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say... With no wind tonight, this is probably the best campfire that Mountains to Bayou's probably no. has presented. It's perfect. Real nice TP pattern to where you can just kind of add logs as needed to keep the TP structurally yeah. um, correct. Right, structurally intact. You need it tonight, dude. It's like 25. Yeah, too. it's cold. Probably two miles an hour wind, super clear skies. Um, before we go any further, we'd like to thank tonight's beer sponsor which is log yard brewing company um to go along with the best fire so far we're gonna go ahead and probably say this is the best name of a beer that i've ever seen um log yard brewing company is the brewer the beer's name is i have a camp near there <laughs> <laughs> this is a new england style ipa and I mean, it's a Pennsylvania brewery from Kane, Kane, PA, which is in McKean County, McKean County, which is in the Allegheny National Forest. So if you have a camp near there, you know where we're coming from. I feel like, <laughs> I, I don't know, do people in Louisiana, not to go off into, you know, someplace real quick, but like when you're talking to people and you're down there hunting like duck camps because in pennsylvania if you have you talked to somebody about hunting they're like oh i have a camp near there like you hear that all the time as well yeah I'm Clayton. is that a thing in louisiana like if you would say some i don't know any small towns in louisiana but if you're like oh yeah it's over and then does someone say i have a camp near there is that a thing in louisiana i honestly think that nobody in louisiana has camps hmm all their cousins have camps. <laughs> oh, my so cousin like, has a camp near there. So, yeah. like, yeah. you you may say, like, oh, you know, it's Crot Springs, Louisiana. Oh, man, my cousin's <laughs> got a camp out there. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, think that's, an, I that's, think that's a nationwide thing. It's a thing. But definitely in Louisiana, like, no one owns a camp. Either their cousin <laughs> owns a camp, their uncle owns a camp. Right. Their, their mom's. You know, their okay. mom inherited a camp from somebody. Right. My sister's <laughs> brother-in-law, something. But yeah, yeah, I'd say one hell of a name from tonight's beer sponsor. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Logyard Brewing. Cheers. cheers. Uh, we'll just get right into it. We're cheersing for m multiple reasons. Yep. Uh, first and foremost, and most importantly, on the last podcast we said, if you're hearing this and the world ended... Right. At least we got it out. That was election day. <laughs> so we here we sit 14 days later on November 18th. Right. World has not yet ended. Right. But we're still trending in that direction, <laughs> but we are hanging tight. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was the day after the election and Oh, it, it was the day after the election. Yeah, and it looked like Biden was going to win and it still looks that way. Dude, this whole thing with the elections getting crazy though. Still undecided. Still quote unquote undecided. <laughs> But the world has not ended yet. No, nope. we're so. still sitting here, breathing air, looking yeah. out over the alfalfa field, waning crescent moon, Yeah, beautiful skies. Um, second most important reason that we're cheersing, um, 
Seth no longer has a valid buck tag in the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth. Yes, sir. Of PA. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to, like, put all the pressure on you, but yeah. without further ado. Oh, man. Why don't you give us kind of the rundown? This one could go a while, so this... if you're listening to this story, go ahead. <laughs> crack you a beer. Get a, get a log yard <clears throat> If you're in the truck... <laughs> may want to may want to pull over to you know use the restroom yeah uh if you're at your house get a cold drink and and tuck in yeah this is a this, this is a story folks this is what happens sometimes when you hunt so yeah. go ahead yeah no i uh, appreciate <laughs> it yeah spoiler alert spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> i was able to fill my buck tag um last friday the 13th that ah, beer's good uh it is good um so yeah the last time we podcast i remember talking to clay like we were talking um i was getting ready to just settle in for some all-day hunts clay was tagged out uh, as far as bucks go i was getting ready for the rut grind um which started for me i think i took off work friday the 6th did an all-day sit did an all-day sit on saturday the 7th had some great dude i, I would say this this has been the best bow season that I've ever had in my life, bar none. And we can talk about all the things that led us to that, because I think we can each say that probably. Um, best bow season ever. I mean, you didn't get to hunt full rut. I mean, technically speaking. But this is the first time in M2B history that we both filled our buck tags in bow season. So for Mountains that to Bayou. That is true. For Mountains to Bayou, we had a banner year bang up year bang up year of deer hunting yeah so um so i'll start with the seventh real quick had a great hunt uh, i started hunting a new area why i got on that you know like mark Drury talks about that most recent intelligence i had hung this trail camera on the 24th of october checked it on the 31st uh, i made a mock scrape and it was tore up and this ridge had just got hot and i was like i just need to get up there and hunt this not the and what I was most proud about myself on this, and I, like, I shouldn't say most proud, but, like, wasn't the easiest spot to hunt. It, it was in a way, but, like, I had to work out a little bit, take my climber, go up to towards the top of the mountain, grind out some all-day sits. I didn't get lazy on it and be like, oh, I'm just going to jump in this By no on. means was that a, a lunchbox hunt. I mean, that was, yeah. you, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. You when know. I eventually got up there, I was like, Wow. This is legit. Well, I don't know how you found this spot, but this is pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, just from hunting hunting that mountain for as long as I have and understanding sort of how the deer use it um, and knowing what they were doing hunting earlier in the season, I got in this spot. And so I hunted at the 6th, I think. No, I hunted up there the afternoon of the 6th, and I didn't see anything. But I, but I was like, well, I kind of boogered it up getting in here a little bit. I'm going to give it an all-day hunt on the 7th. And the 7th of November this year, I think I had the best rut hunt I've ever had in my life. I ended up, I saw eight different bucks, two shooters. I had never really... This is out of the stand on the top of the mountain. This is the stand I ended up killing out of. Their tree, I was hunting out of a climber, but this is the tree I was hunting. I saw eight different bucks, two shooters, uh, passed up a little raghorn, um... But had just an unbelievable, I've never heard deer vocalize the way I did that day. 
I heard two different bucks snort wheezing, grunting, chasing doe. I mean, everything you ever dream of for a rut hunt. I think I saw, I don't know, 15 or 18 deer, eight bucks. Um, so just awesome. And I knew, I knew, I felt like if I just put in my time there, like it would eventually happen. Um, so I hunted it the seventh, had that hunt, had it was really close on a really nice buck, probably the nicest buck I've ever seen on that part of the mountain while I was hunting. I, 38 yards, chasing a doe, never got a, never got a shot at him, but just an awesome day. And so, um... I don't think I hunted that Monday, but then the weather got super hot. It was super hot during that stretch. Yeah, it, the first week of archery was colder than it, the first week of November. Like 30 degrees cold. I mean, I was sitting up there a couple of days with 75 degrees. Yeah, that was wild. But it goes back to a little bit what we've talked about in different phases. Like, you know, not to talk about Mark Drury too much, but he talks about the phases of it. And it gets to a certain phase, the calendar year. Like that first week of November where you just have to hunt regardless of the weather because that day that day the 7th it was hot like by the afternoon I was down to just my vest and like a long sleeve t-shirt but the bucks were still moving good now midday it definitely I didn't have the midday like you would hope to but the first four hours in the morning and the last three hours at night just wild rut craze action so the deer <clears throat> This yeah. is what a lot of people don't think about. Like, we always joke that the DeerCast app, when it says okay or poor, is when we have our best hunting. Yeah. Like, jokingly. Yeah. But, you know, if you listen to a lot of the really, really good deer hunters, they're always talking about, you know, hunt the best days, hunt the certain spots, da-da-da. Yeah. My philosophy as a very novice bow hunter yeah. is the 100% opposite of that. <laughs> I try and hunt the best days, but, like, the deer aren't packing up and going to their hotel. They're no. out there. They're out there every day. And they're going to move at some point. Yeah. So if you get your strategy right, yeah. you just never, some days are better than others, but they're still out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you just never know, you especially never, in November. Yeah, in November, you just got to hunt it out. And so I'm like, I know it's 75 degrees, but I'm here for a long haul. So, you know, packing lunches, the whole nine yards. And so I had a great hunt the seventh. Eight's a Sunday, didn't hunt. Don't think I hunted that Monday. I think I slipped up for maybe a, a morning hunt for a couple hours on Tuesday. And I think I saw the buck that I ended up shooting that morning at like, I don't know, eight o'clock. I didn't hunt that long, I had to get to work. So, and then I let it rest. I didn't hunt because we had a really bad front move through. And I didn't hunt again until Thursday. I think I hunted Thursday afternoon. And I, I got settled in because the front blew out like Thursday morning. And I was like, as soon as this front blows out, I'm getting in a tree. Yep. So I was in it like 12.15. I, I locked in. And at 12.30, four does come by. I'm like, it's November. Here we go. Yeah, 12th yep. or whatever it was. And I'm like, you just got to hunt. And so, anyway, I think I saw one other spike or something. And then November 7th comes, or November 13th comes, the day I killed. And didn't start out good at all. Slow morning, I think I saw a five-point or a four-point and a spike. I saw a couple of does, see a doe fawn. And I was almost debating, like, man, 
November 13th was the day you shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> November 13th was the day I shot. Correct. And I was almost debating because it had sort of slowed down. I had that great hunt on the 7th up there. And then I had hunted and I it was sort, sort of slowing down. And I was thinking about one of my other traditional rut spots where I always hunt. It's on the on the edge of a big bedding area. And I almost considered, and on the, on the morning of the 13th, I, I saw two does, a doe and a buck, uh, button buck, you know, slow morning. And like 11 o'clock comes and I was like, man, I think I need to get down on that other ridge and, and hunt that on the edge of that bedding area. I said, bucks are going to be cruising that. I just don't know about this because I never hunted this spot before. I mean, I, I, I thought it would be good. But I was like, no, you know what? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna grind it out here. I came in here with the mindset I was gonna hunt this all day, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna hunt it out. And it's like we always talk about, hunt it out. Hunt it out, stick to your game plan. So, I don't know, it's 12 o'clock, high noon, I'm eating some snacks, whatever, and sun's high, and there's a lot of shadows in the mountain. When the sun's out, it's actually kind of hard to see in a weird way when the sun's out it creates a lot of shadows on the ground from all the trees it's definitely hard to see when the sun's out right it's weird people wouldn't understand that unless you know what i'm talking about but it creates a lot of shadows and like you look up the ridge and you, you can't see that well and i'm sitting there i remember texting uh, another friend of mine at like 1208 and i'm like man it's dead you know i'm just gonna hunt this out familiar, whatever familiar text yeah yeah literally 1208 and I put my phone in my pocket and I just look up the ridge and I see leaves like flying off the ground. And I'm like, what the heck, you know, what's what's going on? There's no wind, you know, the wind had sort of laid down. And I just see these leaves flying and I put my binoculars up and here it's a buck making a scrape like 60 yards above me. I never saw him until he started making that scrape. I never saw his Bingo. deer. And I'm like, and I see it and I'm like, I, know, I think I know what deer it is and it's a buck that I'd be happy to shoot. Uh, I don't know if he, he's probably three and a half, I think, in my head. Um, so I stand up, grab my bow, and he starts walking right down the ridge towards me. And I'm like, this is what you've been grinding for. And he walks in. I'm at full draw. The deer's 20 yards. And a doe fawn had stopped and, and peed right in front of my stand like 20 yards earlier in the morning. And so I'm a full draw, just waiting him to pick what side of my tree he's gonna come on, and I'm good. I'm great. I'm like 15 yards, this deer's done. And so he starts screwing around with where this doe peed and just stand. I ended up having to leave my bow down. I couldn't hold it any longer. Mm -hmm. And so I let my bow down. How long do you think you were at full draw, realistically? A minute. Yeah. You know, realistic. That's you know, a long time to hold your bow. Right. And it felt like, you know, hours. So um I'm holding it. And I was like, I gotta let this bow down because I don't know what this deer is gonna do. Mm -hmm. I gotta let. So I'm, you know, inching my bow down. Not... Has no clue. And that's one advantage I was talking about, Clayton. Like I'm high up in this tree. And so he starts walking again. I come to full draw, and I'm like, just pick one of these trails, and I'm good. And of course, they never do what you want them to. And he walks straight into the base of my tree. <clears throat> and I'm in a climber, so I got a bar in front of me. Not that I could have shot either way because it was just a front, you know, straight away front on shot and you can't take that shot with a bow and so he's walking walking i'm like i don't like i don't know what i'm gonna do like and if he gets behind me on the other side my shooting gets really really sketchy and uh so he gets like a couple yards from the base of my tree and i think you know i 
taking a piss there, whatever. And I think he caught that. And maybe, you know, maybe he just got, they had, those bucks have a, a sixth sense, I always say. They just know something. So he just turns back up the ridge and bounds like two big steps and steps out at 15 yards, but he's like barely just, his front shoulder is just barely out. And this is the third time I've been at full draw this year. And I'm just like, Seth, you need to try to make this happen. Like, it's never going to work out perfect. Like, I don't hunt in a field where a deer's just going to, meander through a 12 yards right 20 yards wide open and i'm like i need to try to make this happen and so i shoot him and it it hits i don't get great penetration but it doesn't look that bad but the penetration has me really worried but when he went out he took out low to the ground tail tucked and he looked hurt like he really looked hurt when he ran out of there so i mean i'm of course i i I wasn't, I was good the whole time, but then after that, I'm trying to call, like, I can't even text because I'm shaking so bad. Been there. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I'm trying to call Clayton. He's not answering. I'm like, you need to answer your I'm phone. I'm on a phone call. Yeah. And he's ring, FaceTime, ring. I'm like, why is he FaceTiming me? Yeah. Ring. And then it says, answer your phone. I'm like, I'm trying to call this guy. I'm trying to hang up the phone, tell this guy I'm, I got an emergency here. <laughs> Look, I got to go, man. Yeah, I will call you back, but I need to take this other call. <laughs> it's very important. And Yeah, and I'm melting down because I don't know. Like, if I would have had good penetration, I'd have been all good with it, but I wasn't sure about the Didn't penetration. hear a crash. Didn't hear a crash and couldn't see very far. I mean, I watched the deer for 60 yards, but right. I couldn't really see that far anyway. So I was like, I don't know, Clay. I was like everything was okay the shot might have been a smidge forward but the penetrations got me really worried we'll touch on this later yeah. but we, um, we did shoot this deer with a mechanical broadhead keep going first words out of clayton's mouth when i said i didn't love the penetration he said you had that mechanical broadhead on didn't you and i said yes i did i digress <laughs> and um which we can talk about this i don't know I didn't end up skinning the deer out. I took it to a butcher. I would have loved, I should have skinned the deer out because I would have loved to see. I don't think maybe the penetration was that bad after, well, I got down, got my arrow, and he broke off eight, eight inches, I'll call it, in, in the deer. And I'm like, well, that's not hateful. If it's in the chest cavity, eight inches, like, I'm going to get a lung or something. And I knew it was a little forward, but I felt like it wasn't, like the lungs sit kind of farther up in there. Like when you've got a deer, dude, when you've got to pull their lungs out. Yeah, they're up there. I mean, you practically got to reach up to the trachea, they you know. They sit farther up than most people think. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, man, I, I just feel like I got, you know, enough penetration, but I don't know. So I don't want to bore everybody, but so I get down. Blood trail I knew was going to be brutal because I did not get a pass through. Uh -huh. And it was, I wouldn't say it was high. Like, I don't know if you could, I didn't, I should have showed you a picture better. But it was it was middle chest, smidge high, I mean marginal high. But at 16 yards is what he ended up being when I shot, and I was up high. Like probably the level was actually good. Yeah, it wasn't down. going no man's land. Right, with the angle that I had, I wouldn't have wanted to be. I wouldn't have wanted to be higher, but you know lower, you know would have been no bargain either. So anyway, he cuts out, runs down, and I don't hear him crash. I don't, and and then it's like we always talk about you just don't know you have no idea right and so i get down i find my arrow and i'm like well i got eight inches of penetration it's broke off and i'm like that makes you feel a little better 
Because at first I was like, I didn't get any penetration. But I'm like, and we talked about, I'm like, 70 pound bow, 15 yards, 400 grain arrow. Like, there's no way I couldn't have blown through something. But I'm shooting a mechanical. <laughs> and, Again. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, I, I follow the blood trail down 50 yards. I'm taking my time. It's not great. And it just starts to open up a little bit. I'm like, this is actually looking better. And I'm walking, and a deer stands up, like, 50 yards down below me. In the laurel. In the laurel. And Clayton's like... Pennsylvania State Flower. Yeah. And I'm texting Clayton what's going on. He's like, you need to send it. I'm like, dude, I cannot get a shot at this deer. Like, you don't understand where I'm at. It's impossible for me to shoot this deer. It's so thick. Because so, I could be wrong, but, like, in a situation where you can get another arrow in a deer... Yeah. I feel like... Any arrow in the deer Any is arrow. better than no arrow in the deer. Even if you shoot them in the hind quarter, right? Something. Because at that point, you already wounded it. Right. Another arrow is always the play. Another arrow is always the play. And when he stood up, I immediately knocked another arrow. Knowing full well, I probably wouldn't be able to get another shot. But I'm like, by the odd chance, he starts walking up here. And I'm standing there, and I'm texting Clay like another buck had come cruising down because they're rutting, and I, another buck comes cruising by, and I'm like, well, maybe he'll go down because then he bedded back down. And I'm like, well, maybe he'll go down there and roust him up. I'll at least know what he's doing. So I stand there for, I don't know, two hours because I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to camp out here until dark. At that point, you're just hunting the deer. Right literally yeah like you're just waiting them out you're just hunting the deer right right i'm just like this is what i'm doing so i don't know an hour goes by and he stands up and he takes like a step or two immediately goes back down and i'm like man he's hurt bad mm -hmm. i can tell he's hurt bad and, I, and there's no way the leaves are so cr you know crunch like i can't sneak in on this deer there's no way to get close oh, to i was deer. pulling out all the stops yeah, you're on like, the text yeah you're like you need to sneak in there and i'm like you don't understand. I said, take your boots off, <laughs> get in your socks, and yeah. Apache this thing. So I'll get like a little gust of wind, and I would try to take a step or two closer. But honestly, I, there's no way for me to do it. So finally, I make the decision. It's going to be cold that night, 30 degrees. I'm like, he just needs time. I'm just going to sneak out of here while I have a little wind cover. I'm going to come back in the morning. He'll be laying right there. He's hurt bad. like. Which ended up being the right call, because if we'd have gone up there at night, we'd it, have had a hell of a mess. It'd have been a mess. A big mess. More than what it turned into. Yeah. So I sneak back out. Well, I'm texting Clay. I'm like, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing tomorrow? And you're like, I'm here for whatever you need, brother. Just <laughs> let me know. And, uh, and it goes back to that thing. And I was just like, when I was going through that up there by myself, I was like, I'm never tracking a deer by myself again. Because I'm like, I don't know what to do. It's so nice to have two people. Yeah. And so I'm unless like, you unless it's like a sure thing. Unless you see him go down, you're like, hey, come up here and help me drag this deer out. Right. So I'm like, I'm just gonna sneak out. When the wind moves, I'm gonna creep back up out of here and we'll just come back in the morning. It's gonna be cold and he'll be dead there. Or else he might just be gone forever. Because unlike a lot of people and I mean I shouldn't say that as a generalization, but I think we're both worried about the meat more than the oh. antlers. Oh, dude, I'm, yeah. I think a lot of people, especially, like, on TV... They don't care about the meat. They'll it back out in 70 degrees. Yeah, and I'm not that guy. Knowing full well yeah. that that deer's meat, even if you find them the next day at 9, is 
is shot. Done, yeah. And that's not us. No. My number one goal, my number one goal is ethical kill no matter what. But then it's always to recover the meat. Right. right? Like, Agreed. I'm happy with the buck. It's a nice buck. It's not huge. But, like, I wanted to get the deer for the meat. I wanted to get the deer because I owed it to him. But I'm just worried about the meat. I'm like, the meat's fine. I'll sneak out. We'll come up here in the morning. He's hurt bad. Like, he saw me. I'm 50 yards away, but he can't get away from me. I'm like, he just needs a little bit of time. And I'm thinking it has to be one lung the way this deer's acting. It yeah. Has to be. It sure sounded like one lung. Right. It and didn't sound like a flesh wound. No. So, as we're talking, so I pick Clayton up the next morning. I sneak out that night, come home. I wake up at 1.30 in the morning, can't sleep. I pick Clayton up. I'm like, dude, I've been up since 1.30. I drank two pots of coffee. Like, <laughs> I still have sleep in my eyes, yeah. and you are raring to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through all these different scenarios. Clayton's trying to wake up. I'm like, dude, just let me finish this coffee before you get into this. <laughs> yeah, he gets in the truck. I've been up for five hours. It's 6.30. And so we go up, and I said... On the way there, let's not discount our ride there oh yeah the ride there the rut was swinging i mean we're seeing bucks in every field <laughs> bucks are running cruising and i'm like dude a lot of bucks are gonna die today yeah and what we see four or five bucks on the ride there yeah and then and we that, saw the one and then a nice buck when we're riding up to the spot yeah and so i'm like man this is the day that hunters bow hunters dream of. yeah sucks if you have a job yeah well, it's a saturday now. <laughs> oh it was a saturday yeah, yeah. It's a saturday the fourth yeah and we said a lot of bucks are gonna die today and a lot of bucks did die that day exactly so we get up there and sorry this is a long story but i've never been involved with anything like this so don't apologize to anybody we're doing a podcast if they don't want to listen they can change the off. channel <laughs> this is me and you yeah so i said Let's go back down. I knew where the last place I saw the deer, but I said, I want to follow the blood a little bit just to see what I can see what it looks like. And by chance he's not there, we can have maybe a general direction of what the blood was doing. So we start on the blood again, and you found decent blood for like that next 20 yards or whatever. You're like, oh, he goes this way, and you're like, here, it's here, it's here. And you start following it pretty easily. And now that I'm starting to follow more blood trails with arrows, the puddles of blood I saw looked like coughed up blood, which made me lean towards at least a lung right. was hit. Like right, it was kind of like a. Like, it was like a coffee coughed right. up like spray puddle. Right. Like not just dripping out of his side. Not just one little drop out of his yeah, side. Yeah, it was good. It right. Was, I was like, all right, this deer's probably gonna be dead like within fifty yards. Yeah. <laughs> so we go like twenty yards, and we kind of lost it. I'm like, I'm just gonna start easing down where i last saw him and i walked 15 yards down below you and he stands up the buck stands up yeah and i'm like he let us get right on top of him before he stood up when he stood up for i'm maybe 40 yards yeah and i'm like you gotta be freaking kidding me man this is the last thing in the world i expect this is like 8 30 in the next morning he had been laying for six 15, 15 hours 15 hours we in the same spot same spot never moved and he stands up, and I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. So I, I got a, I knock an arrow, and he's just, he's standing there, and he's kind of lumber. He's trying to walk a little bit. And I look up at Clayton, and yeah. you're like, shoot. And I'm I like, was watching him the whole time. Like, man, that deer looks real hurt. Yeah, and I'm like, I, don't, I can't do anything. I can't get an arrow. And we can kind of just hear him moving slow. 
So I'm like, all right, Clay, you go up this way so you can look down because he's going down towards a huge hollow. I was like, try to get up on this ridge a little bit to get a better vantage. I'll try to sneak down around. Maybe I can get another arrow in him. And, and if anybody hears this story and wants to write us or call us with some kind of strategy that they thought was better, like when right. you're in that situation, you don't know what the right thing to do is. No. Uh, no. Like steep mountain. Very steep Hurt mountain. deer, bow yeah. and arrow, which we'll get into what we thought was right. ethical versus legal right. in a minute. I think we should talk about that. But we'll definitely talk about that. The deer's hurt. We're in a tough spot. Badly hurt, too. Badly hurt. Because he's barely moved. I mean, this deer ended up, we ended up watching him like for a while. Like, this deer isn't going to make it to next year. He's not going to just shake this off. No. No. He's he's going to die. But we don't have anything to do. To, we, we have no way to kill him. No way to, no way to ethically shoot him. No. With a bow and arrow. No. And so... We watch him, and this deer went 130, 50 yards, I don't know, over the course of minutes. I mean, we screwed around. Straight down. Straight. And a normal, healthy deer would have covered that in three seconds. Literally. Right. Ten, five seconds. Which, any time a deer goes downhill, in my opinion, that means they're hurt because the only thing they can do is they can't, they don't have the power to go uphill. Right. Yeah. And so we're watching him, and I think at the very end, we heard some kind of crack like just and we kind of lose him and i'm like there's nothing more we can do right now like there's nothing honestly that we can do so i said i guess i'm just gonna give him more time and i'm gonna come up tomorrow morning so we stop get breakfast on the way home and i mean i'm i'm literally sick honestly. great breakfast by the way great breakfast sunny way diner sunny way diner Greencastle, pa yeah there's a shooting star yeah so we come home and I, I'm, I changed my clothes. I dropped Clay off. I go home. My wife, and she's like, I'm telling my wife what's going on. And she used to hunt, and so she understands kind of what I'm going through. And I mean, I'm sick, and she's like, so this is like noon. I don't know. And she's like, why don't you just go back up? You would feel better. Just go up, and you know, you either know he's there, or maybe he's just gone forever. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm just like. But he, he's hurt bad, like I know. And so I go back up. She Nine months pregnant, she drives me up the four-wheeler. Bless her heart. Yeah, I know, I know. She's she's an all-star, man. I got one of the best out there. So she drives me up nine months pregnant. I'm like, just drop me off. And then come back around. I'm explaining to her. I was like, I'm going to walk down here. Here's where I think I'm going to come out. Like, I'll text you. And I'll either find this deer, hopefully, or, you know, he's gone forever. So I... I start down over and because I just wanted to see because we had talked about me coming in below to where he right where he was but I ended up I was like I just want to go up top because I'll be able to see or hear anything that moves out below me so easy so I'm walking down 50 60 70 yards and I'm not seeing anything I'm not seeing anything and I'd marked a deadfall when we left that morning I was like that's the last general spot I saw him and so I'm just easing down there, easing down there, easing down there. Nothing's moving, nothing's moving. And I'm walking, and it's and it's starting to get thick down where he was. It was thick with deadfalls and rocks. And I'm like, I haven't seen anything run out. I haven't heard anything run out. So I'm just inching down. I take two two steps and listen. Two steps and listen. So I, I walk down there, and long story short, 
that last spot you and I saw him somewhere in there close, I ended up stepping over a deadfall and there's his white belly. So God, what a feeling. Oh uh, dude, I, I you could have freaking I was like I mean, I was so happy. And I was just like, ah, I, I can't describe how happy I was. Sense, when I, huge sense of relief. Yeah. For the deer more than you. I was just so happy. And and when I gutted that deer out and I took his lungs out, and I sent a picture to you, and I was like, look at this deer's lungs. Yeah. They, and it only hit look, one. They looked bad. It hit one lung, and it was all purple and black, like all kinds of blood clots in it. Mm-hmm. And so my wife's an anatomist, and she's like, so she understands how the you know blood gets oxygenated and all this stuff and i'm and i'm telling her she's like well that's why he wouldn't go from you or it took like he was living on one lung and when he was laying there he was fine he could just get enough oxygen in his blood when he's laying there but as soon as he was get up like he just lose and i was like you can just tell and even the last time couple like he was half stumbling when we saw him and she's like, yeah, he, he just wasn't getting any oxygen in his blood with his lung messed up that bad. That's why he couldn't go anywhere. And I've always heard that a one-lung hit deer can be extremely hard to recover. Now you know. I was like, I, I'll ne I've never been on anything like that. That deer lived for, well, we left at 8 o'clock, and we figured that was like, what, 18 hours or something yeah, like that. about 22 hours sometime between 8 30 and we got up there around one i think i found him look yeah. looking back like thinking back to it yeah. now i think when he made it to the bottom and i saw i watched him the whole way to the you, bottom yeah and i said man i think he either broke his shoulder or it almost looked like he was dragging his ass i didn't have my binos which right. was a big mistake big mistake and i'm like man he looks like he's just dragging his butt and i think because I saw him milling around down there at the bottom. Yeah. And I think, I think he died right there because I watched that spot from where I last saw him. Yeah. For like a solid 15 minutes while you were sitting there ready to hang yourself. <laughs> yeah, because I was... I was still watching. Right, yeah. And I'm like, man, he didn't move an inch. So he either bedded down or he, I think he just tipped over. I think that last 150-yard walk just greased him at the end. Yeah. And that's probably what happened in hindsight. Yeah. And because when I got it, like, I don't know, the arrow was still in his chest cavity. And so it could have been just cutting him a little bit or whatever. He might have just pushed himself to the limit. And that's probably honestly what happened. He was probably dead the whole time, like, after we left. But we just, just don't know that. After I've seen this deer get up out of his bed 17 hours later, like, I'm not just going to keep chasing him. That would have been the worst if I would have had binos and just saw him, like, tip over <laughs> and the whole time we were just like oh we're never gonna find this deer yeah yeah anyway anyway <laughs> always bring binos wherever you go yeah uh, that because you got in my truck you're like do i need anything and i'm like life lesson thinking nope like i just i'm hoping i just need your it was it was 30 degrees i wore a sweatshirt and a t-shirt no gloves thinking <laughs> Yeah, we're going to find this deer in no... No, I did have gloves on. Yeah, and, gloves, yeah. And I was like, we're going to find this deer in no time. We're just going to drag the sucker out, go to the butcher, go to the cabin. Yeah. And so, anyway... Recovered. You, find, you find the deer. You find the deer. Thank goodness. And when I got down to where he was, I got my bearings where I was on the mountain. And so, I like... I'm, I'm gotten him out. I text him. I was like, I got him. Because she's waiting back 
around the backside where we went up in the morning. She's waiting back there because she doesn't know where she's going to have to pick me up. Because I was like, just stay here until I text you because I don't know what's going on. And so I text her and I'm like, do you remember where you helped me move that stand back in August? He ended up dying right above that ridge. Uh, when I got down there, like the ridge I took you over and we hunted, he died 150 yards above. Uh, really? Yeah, once I got down and got my bearings straight on above where he Above that? Yeah, maybe 200 yards. So I was like, wow. You know, uh, yeah, so I said, you know how you come down and come up? She's like, yeah, I think so. Cause she's been up there with me enough times. And I said, just drive the four-wheeler straight up there and you'll see me. I'll be up above you. And so I ended up having to drag that deer like, 75 yards downhill like it was unbelievable dude perfect hunt <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i hated every like, yeah i mean all joking aside you yeah. hate for it to oh, to happen man. but i mean you got the deer and it worked out it was a, i mean it was one shot who knows if we would, if you wouldn't have gone back up there then how long he would have sat there right right i mean i could have waited for I mean, he could have laid there. He would have died, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, it ended up that we kind of played it perfectly. We played it perfectly, like, not... Yeah. Seldom does it happen where you bump the deer and it works out. And it... Better and it, for you. Right, right. <laughs> and my buddy always... Well, I was talking to him, and he's like, well, they always say, like, if you hit him in the shoulder, you're better to just push him. And he's like, I don't know why. I've definitely never heard that. <laughs> yeah, but, well, if you're afraid of the penetration, you think you maybe just got one lung or something. And I remember telling him, I was like, man, I wish I had a dog. Because yeah. I think a dog would just chase him down, and he would just run and kill himself, or try to. And uh, so anyway, um, it was not how I wanted it to go at all. Like, when you're, when you're sitting there in the back, and we talk about this on the podcast, when you're pounding arrows all summer long, and every, you know, you're everything but then it comes down to one split second yeah literally and you know it never ever ever works out to where they just read the script except for your buck this year yeah but even then right you didn't expect i it. didn't see the deer till five seconds before <laughs> i shot i'm not expecting anything it's not like ah, i see him on the right edge of the woods and i call and he comes in and presents a shot right it, you're just never expecting they just show up out of nowhere never. and then even when you do see him you're like okay he's gonna walk down this path and right lick this branch and i'm gonna draw at this point and it just it's like never it never works that way that's why you always have to be prepared you have to stay alert mm -hmm. which the whole time you're telling this story i wanted to ask you this question actually since the day you shot him i wanted to ask you this question since we are doing no phone november yep okay yep and I know you've been like looking at apps and whatever, what, but you, yeah. you've been doing no social media. So you said it'll make me a better hunter. I'll be more alert. Yep. When you saw the deer kicking the leaves up, you were looking. You were not on your phone, correct? Yep. 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 If you would have been on social media or looking at your phone, there's a very good chance that you would have not have seen that and not have been ready very good chance because it was i thought that as soon as you texted me that you said i saw some leaves kicking up I'm like good thing you weren't looking at your phone yeah exactly and i guarantee you i wouldn't have because i hadn't seen a deer for two plus hours probably had went by it's 12 15 
I'm like, you know, half rooting around, getting my snacks out earlier. Like, I'm like, man, maybe this spot cooled off. I'm going to have to start rethinking where I want to spend the next couple of days because mm -hmm. I'm leading into Saturday. And then we can hunt all day Sunday. And I'm going through my head, okay, if I don't, I'm going to set this out. I'm not going to move. I want to move, but I'm not going to move. I'm going to set it out. And it goes back. That's why you sit all day on November 13th. I yeah. shot that buck at 12:15 in the afternoon. In a spot like that, especially. Yeah, because yeah, they can just be cruising that ridge, and that's what he was doing. Yep. He came down, made two scrapes. I'm gonna hit that. I'm gonna circle down around, check this bedding area, all that laurel in there, and I'm gonna just keep. Cru and I just happened to be sitting there where a normal hunter would have been like, ah, it's 10 o'clock. I haven't seen anything. I'm out of here. You know. And, I mean, that's all. That's all the difference, man. That's yeah. the difference between. The people you know that say the hunting stinks or haven't yeah. seen anything and that's the guy that says yeah i saw one deer and shot him at 12 30. right that's it and they're like man how's this guy get a deer every year and you're like i saw one deer got him at 12 30 right. huge buck right that's the difference in those type of hunters man that i, I can't express i can't say that enough have the discipline you got your guy who gets lucky right one year Right. Shoots this deer because it came out the perfect time on the perfect day. 730, da, 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 first day of rifle. The guys that kill them every year, yep. mature bucks, whatever time of the year it is, yep. are the guys that hunt it out. Yep. They strategize hard like we do. Yep. And they hunt correctly. They hunt methodically. But, you know, they're ready when the time comes. Yeah. And if you're having a tough day where you're texting your buddy and saying, dude, it's dead. Yeah. You stay in the tree, though. You stay in the tree. Because both times, I thought it was dead, I shot my buck. Yeah. You thought it was dead, you shot your buck. Right. And I'm here to tell you that me and Seth killing bucks right now, bow or rifle, this is not luck. Right. This is a whole year full of work, and you might lock out on a buck one year, but we've been putting them down. I'm I'm here to tell you we've been putting them down. Right. Uh, Jason Gates, who's a buddy of ours, that dude's a killer. He puts them down. He's been putting them down. He shot a nice one on public. He shot a nice one in Illinois. That's another guy who strategizes, puts his time in. He's there at the right time. He hunts them out. And, yeah. you know, I, I mean, the consistent killers, like you always say. Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. You can't just go out. I mean, you can't be one of those people who's like, man, I'd like to shoot a big deer, but I never, right. I never see him. I never get the chance. Right. That's probably because you're hunting 30 yards from your truck on a Saturday where it's crisp. Right. And you don't see a deer and you're just like, well, this, this area sucks. Right. Dude, to get to that spot where I'm hunting, I'm leaving my house at four in the morning. I'm getting up at 3.50. Got the coffee set. I got my four-wheeler loaded up. Uh, I'm using a climber. Dude, you're not going to just luck into a spot like that. No. You got to put in. I'm I'm like, and then I'm sitting an hour before he even thinks about getting daylight. I'm tucked in my stand at 530 in the morning. I've left my house almost two hours ago. I've already been up. You know what I mean? And that's what it takes. You can luck out on the first day of rifle and walk 100 yards off the road. Somebody jumped up a buck and... He runs by and you kill him like, oh, no, yeah. you know. You'll do that, and people will do that. But to consistently kill bucks, especially two-and-a-half-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old. Year after year after year you, with a bow. You're not going to luck into that many. Nobody's that lucky. No, you it's know? not going to happen. No. And 
to your credit, I hunt mostly, you know, on our farm, uh, I wouldn't call it ag, but like not mountains. A lot of fields, yeah. Dude, for you to kill a buck with a bow and arrow ever <laughs> in those mountains, like yeah. <laughs> those deer could be anywhere. There's yeah. not some food plot where you're like, well, if I just sit here long enough, a deer will be here. Yeah, I got my I got my camera on this plot. I know I, they're coming out at 5.30. I know they're coming out at 5.30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you got to do your homework. It's and l- that goes back to yeah. finding the scrapes, hunting the scrapes at the right time. Yep. Finding the bedding area. Yep. Hunting the bedding area at the right time. Yep. I mean, all the stuff that, you know, you what see everywhere... You got to do it. You, you can't hunt it. lazy. You got to do it. And, I mean, you know, the shot was whatever it was. Yeah, the broadhead was... choice was horrific. <laughs> but, was, but I mean, marginal, when it comes but... down to it, you had a mature bucket 15 yards on the top of a mountain. Right. That, that's not lucky. Right, right. That's real hunting by a real hunter. You yeah. know what I mean? I appreciate that. No, you're right. I mean, I'm not trying to brag at all. That's, but but it, that's what I'll brag for you. That's that is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I don't care who you are. You know, you always talk about like, oh, the turkeys—they're hardest to kill in PA. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now that a mature dealer uh, to kill a mature buck that's over three years old in yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. In the mountains, it's harder than killing a five or six year old in Illinois. I don't care who you are. That's just true. I believe that. And not just saying because I just did it, but I honestly believe that. I genuinely believe that. Not to take anything away from those people. I'm just like speaking to your accomplishment. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I I, I don't like hearing it, but I mean, it's it's everything we talk about from it's it's all we talk about, dude. That's it. That's you, like, that's what we do. That's the whole podcast. That's our passion, man. We're just... We did what we set out to do. (laughs) Dude, so for me, um, I don't know, I just wrapped, I think, I think that was the 23rd, so I, you know, I keep a journal, Clayton's always laughing because I'm keeping spreadsheets of all my journal, and it, dude, this is why I do that, though, and when I went up there on the 24th and I hung that camera, I made that mock scrape, I took a note, I said, man, there's some late red oaks dropping up here. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was some sign. There wasn't great sign, but there was some sign in there. But the leaves are falling so hard that time of year that even a little bit of sign could actually be a lot of sign because it gets covered up so fast. And let, just another thing people pick up on. And I'm like, just thinking about this, going through my head. I'm like, these late red oaks, we just came through that early muzzleloader season. A lot of the deer are probably starting to get pushed up out of the easy spots down around the field, up into the mountain. And you go through all this stuff in your head, and we're strategizing. That's all I'm thinking about all year. And then, and then I put the camera up, and I got two or three shooters on it in a week. And I'm like, this is where I need to be the first two weeks of November. And if I hunted hard enough, I'm going to get my chance. And you kept saying, because every time I'm hunting, you're like, dude, you're in them. And I'm like, I know I was at full draw tonight. I saw this. You're like, dude, you're in them. And I said, I know. I just keep saying, it's just, it's just a matter of time. I just got to keep putting in my time. And we talked about that. Well, like I can kind of relate just about everything in life back to golf at some point. Right. And you were having one of those rounds where you just kept hitting it close. Yeah. And you, and you just kept hitting the lip. Right. And I'm like, dude, they got to start dropping at some point. I'm bench. I'm gonna lip and one you're gonna in. Have a hell of a back nine. <laughs> just keep hitting it close and just keep yeah. aiming for the hole. And this goes back to our podcast we did right before the beginning of the season, where I said. 
like I said, I think this was my 23rd or 24th hunt. So I was grinding on it, but I had great hunts every time and I was bouncing. I wasn't over pressure and I told you what I was going to do. I said, I did, turns out I got the hunt just as much as probably I normally do because of COVID and everything else. I probably got the hunt a little bit more because I'm not traveling all the time. The time change, you can slip in an evening hunt, you can slip in a morning hunt. Uh, and I'm not traveling because of COVID. And I was, and you're just like, dude, you're, you're going to get him. You just got to stay the course. Oh, I knew you were. Yeah. Just keep pounding the, yeah. keep pounding it in there. Yeah. You just got to keep Pucks hitting. Pucks on net. <laughs> just got to keep hitting the shots. One thing I want to allude to, and we talked about this, man, I think it was preseason. Yeah. I don't think it's when we were talking to Jason, but this was preseason. And I don't even know if we recorded this, but you and I were saying we kind of wanted to hunt old school this year and just yeah. hunt the sign. Right. And neither one of us does cell cameras yet. No. Nope. But the last picture that I got of the buck that I shot was in July in full velvet. Right. And you hadn't checked the camera since October 24th, you said. Yeah. So... You, I was hunting scrapes just based off visually what I saw. Right. You know, right. in an area that I knew there were bucks. Right. But, and you were hunting that, you know, those scrapes and that sign up on top. Right. Uh, and I think it was just really cool how it, how it worked out that we didn't get a cell cam picture and we went yeah. in the next day and shot them. Right. And, you know, we hunted sign and, and put the hours in and just did all those little next things. thing you know here we both sit with uh pair of doe tags yep um normally the season would be out in pa it would have went out saturday it would end it saturday yeah man it would be nice to be in a tree tomorrow oh tomorrow morning, i mean good lord crazy but um you know we got the extra week of pa bow season this year but um we kind of both wanted to save doe tags because we have a little tradition going where yeah. we just kind of go over to the farm and have a good time and, and shoot some does. A little doe management. A little doe management, but, um, I mean, it, it feels hella nice to sit here <laughs> drinking a beer with two buck tags for M2B punched and Man. and to just kind of recollect on, I mean, my season was anything but a grind. The, no, you had like... The, the deer I killed, I just kind of slipped out there and conservatively did the right things, and it worked out. Right, exactly. Which is how you want it to go. I didn't get lucky by any means. No, you didn't get lucky at all. I it was, it did was how what we planned you were it. supposed to do, and it kind of just fell into place. You had the opposite. You couldn't hit it close. You were hunting edges and conservatively, <laughs> but you're just making everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fairways and greens. Yeah. And let a couple fifteen footers go in. I was I was thinking about this the <laughs> other day, drawing it to golf, how how we were talking about how I set my season up. I said, I'm gonna hunt aggressive when I get a chance to hunt because I don't know how much I'm gonna get and it's like you always hear these guys talking about golfing. I'm hitting aggressive shots to conservative targets. That's what I did. That's what yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you did. You you picked your spots if you felt like you could make a birdie and the pin wasn't tucked, right? But otherwise, yeah. you're, you're making aggressive swings to conservative targets. If the pin's tucked, hit it to the middle of the green and have a shot at right, it. Right, exactly. So if the weather's not great, pick a conservative stand. You know, some people, they only have one stand. Right. So those people might need to just pick the best days. 
Yeah. Or find more spots. Or find more spots. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care who you are. Like, you probably have public land within 30 minutes of you. Especially yeah. if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Even on the mountain where I'm hunting. Yeah, exactly. Even on the mountain I'm hunting, like, it's not a huge tract of ground. Right. You know, 250, 280. I don't know. Somewhere between 200. I don't know how much we have. But it's not huge. So you hunt 20-some times. If I would just go to the same spot every single time on that mountain, dude, that spot be burnt out in two weeks. Yeah. So I was picking my spots. I'm gonna hunt. I'm gonna hunt this really hard for a couple of days, and then, I, and then I'm gonna move to this ridge, and I'm just kind of getting a little bit more aggressive when I felt like the weather was right or the time of the year got right. And then when the time of the year gets right, I don't even worry about it because I just know, well, here's a bedding area. I need to be on downwind side of this this ridge. This is where these bucks want to cruise or whatever. Yeah, and that's how I was. I had a certain couple spots right. where I'd pin some bucks down. Right. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to... I mean, I had to work a lot this year. I didn't get to hunt nearly as much as I normally would. Right. Like, I pretty much only hunted Saturdays, maybe a couple weekends. Outside of the first weekday. week, maybe slip out a Friday evening, but pretty much just... So I just kind of kept, like, inching closer to those spots, and if it was good weather, I'd inch... I'd inch in. Right. Because I never, other than one morning where it was perfect, I I never got into one of my, I'd say, like, A1 spots Mm -mm. ever. Mm -mm. And I didn't even make it to November, luckily. Right. But, you know, it just, it's kind of (laughs) like the patience, the strategy. It's like taking a major. It's like you got... First round. Just plot your way around. You're going to make par, right? Yeah. Pars are good. Pars aren't going to, you know, you go in and blow out your first stand. You go in and make triple on the first three holes of a major. You're pretty much out of, you know, it's it's a marathon bow season. Right. And we're not talking about, like, going to an outfitter and, no. you know, as soon as you get there, it's like, all right, put me in the spot. I'm hunting aggressive. <laughs> I got five days. Yeah. Yeah. I want to you hunt know, the best We're talking about got. trying to kill deer and central pennsylvania and pennsylvania's in in, in general, general. Yeah. we're talking about killing deer in pennsylvania yeah if you have a spot and the the entire strategy around the entire year is kind of you know we've been touching on the the entire year on what it takes to kill mature deer in pennsylvania yep i mean anywhere for that matter anywhere if you take our strategies and and apply them anywhere they would work but like if you listen back we've gone through the whole gambit from you know if you're hunting in the mountains to your scouting right. to your stand locations right um if you're hunting a lot of ag and a lot of draws you know how do we do our food plots how do we do this how, why right. did we set our stand here Worry why, did, about, we, why yeah. did we set our bow up like we did right so it, it, i mean it like you said it takes 365 days, and it comes down to three seconds. Three seconds. <laughs> yeah, that whole, I saw that deer at probably 12.10, and I shot him at 12.13. Yeah. So my whole season was three minutes. Everything we talked about since, oh, so Clayton and I will start talking about deer hunting. Well, I really started talking about after turkey season, but from the time we start talking about it in January, May really for me, June, until november it all culminates right there you're gearing up for three seconds you're gearing up for three seconds yeah so anyway uh not to you know like you said it's our cast but i don't want to bore everybody with just one story for 
that long, but I think at the end of the bow season, we can just put a stamp on the bow season that we set out our goals at the beginning of the year. You said you wanted to kill a 10 point or a 130 inch buck. Oh, almost did both. <laughs> and you almost did both. I mean, I would tell people I did both if I was you. It was close enough. 128. Hell no, I'm not ta- saying that because next year, you know what my goal is? 130 inch 130 buck. 130 inch buck. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, Hell for, yeah. and for me, my goal was I want to shoot a mature buck, period. Where I'm hunting, that could be what I killed, which was a big six point. Yeah. Or it could be a you know an eight point a big five point whatever i said i wanted to kill a buck that was over two and a half and i did that so um that puts a stamp on bow season so dude the the amount of pressure that was lit it's so weird i was talking to my wife about this because dude i i was like you know how you get to be beginning of season i have no pressure but then all of a sudden it's like november 7th it's november 13th and i'm grinding i'm like dude this I'm start I tried and I went into and I did a good job. I remember sitting with both the Jasons when we did that and I said, I'm just gonna enjoy this season and treat it like it's my last. And I did a great job doing that. And I think the no phone thing helped me do that because I wasn't seeing like, oh my goodness, another guy in Pennsylvania killed this freaking buck. But the whole the whole season I was just enjoying it. And I was t- telling my other friend about it. I was like, dude, I wake up every morning. I'm excited to go to the woods. I'm fired up. Enjoy. We talked about it on the last podcast. We enjoyed the crunch of leaves. So, um, but the amount of pressure that I felt lifted off of me when I walked up on that buck, like I can't even describe it. I was so happy. But at the end of it, bow season's over. And now going into rifle, I haven't had this the last, I think that was the first buck I killed with my bow in three or four years i shot my buck over your place in rifle last year and the year before i don't know if i killed a buck i might have shot one in west virginia i can't remember i don't think i did i don't think i killed a buck the year before so anyway i'll tell you right now before you wrap this bow season up yeah just to speak to the pressure thing um our wives and our friends can think that we go out and just hunt because we love to hunt right and like who cares if you kill a spike or a buck or a yeah, deer right but i'll tell you right now as a competitive person oh, that's doing a hunting podcast yeah with a hunting instagram page and yeah. all my friends and family and relatives and people i don't even know people at my company knowing me as a hunter and a yep. bow hunter yep Yep. I'll tell you right now, I'm not ashamed to say I do feel pressure oh. internally and externally right. to kill not only a deer, but a deer that I'm not scared to show off. Right. I'll tell you that right now. I go out there every year wanting to enjoy and fully enjoying the yep. season. Yep. I mean, I enjoy it down to like when I smell the leaves decaying in the fall. Like this year, oh. I'm like... Yeah. Oh man, this is great. Yeah. You know, like at one point I was taking a video of the leaves falling off the tree because I'm like, this is so pretty. As soon as the sun comes up and those leaves don't want to quite break, but then the sun breaks them and yeah. they just start falling like rain. Yeah. I I enjoy every second of being out there, but if I told you that I wasn't going out there competing against myself and that's competing exa- against the deer absolutely. i'd be lying because that's what i'm doing absolutely dude absolutely. i'm going out there trying to accomplish my goals my wife and, even and said make that. a good name for myself She's i'm like, telling you straight up 
Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, man, Clayton, the last two years has gotten it done in bow season, and we're running this podcast, and we're talking about bow hunting, and we're trying to set examples how we're good bow hunters and doing and I'm like, I got to start pulling my weight. There's a certain pressure that comes along with it. Yeah. <laughs> and even my wife said to me, she's like, I understand. She's like, it's a sport. It's a competition. Hell yeah, it is. Amongst, not a, like, I don't look at it as a competition against you at all or my friends. But, like, internally, I'm like, I got to prove to myself that I can do it. It's like I told my friend that I turkey hunt with every year. I'm so happy when I kill that turkey because... You don't, you just want to prove to yourself that you can do it. And then when you kill that turkey, because you don't know, dude. You don't know when you're going to do it again. And not only that, like, never one time, I can say this honestly, never one time have I ever thought, I want to kill a bigger buck than Seth this year. Oh, no, no, no way. I've never thought, I want to kill more turkeys with a bigger beard than Seth. No, no. My whole thing is like, I want to prove that I'm not full of shit. Exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're talking about bow hunting on a podcast to be like somebody talking and telling you how to, you know, invest in invest in something or doing something that's never done it before. Correct. And I'm like, I feel like I know a lot about bow hunting. I talk a lot about bow hunting. And then I'm like, if you never kill anything, how can you even talk about but it? But at some point, yeah. the rubber meets the road. And you got to get it done. You don't want to take golf lessons from a guy that can't break 90. Exactly. You want to take a guy that's got trophies on the wall. Yeah. And that's the exact same thing. Yep, exactly. So So it validates what you... If you're going to talk about it, be about it. Exactly. So it just validates everything. And you're right. Nobody wants to say that, but everybody feels that way. I'll say it. I guarantee it. Absolutely they do. Especially like young guys our age. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you, Jason feels the same way. Some of our other bow hunting buddies feel the same yeah. way. You don't want to be the guy that's looking at all the pictures right. of guys killing bucks and be like, yeah, you know, making some excuse like, yeah, hey, well, I slipped by, didn't, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, you got to get be it like, done. Hey, man, that's a nice buck. And yeah, I got a nice one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you're right. I never look at it as a competition between you and I. I want you to have the best luck that you can have and succeed as best as you can but internally i'm like pretty soon i'm gonna have to stop talking about bow hunting if i don't kill one you know yeah i mean dude we're you know we talk about it all the time we're we're alpha males right people who hunt are alpha males right yeah so it it's you're naturally the competitive juices start flowing whether that's a competition between you and a friend you and yourself which is where i'm at is like i'm competing yeah, against myself exactly and i'm competing against what i did last year and the year before and the year before like i'm just trying to get better every single year Yeah, it's always against myself and i think that is biologically bred into the males that hunt you don't want to go back let's go back to like caveman that's days. what it is you don't want to go back and be like oh man he was sitting around a fire last night telling everybody how good of a hunter yeah. he was but Seth never brings anything back. No, you don't want to be the guy, the caveman, who's sitting right. over there like, well... I got some berries today. Got some berries today. Picked a flower. <laughs> you know, you want to be the guy that's bringing the damn meat back yeah. for the for the camp. Exactly. I told you whenever we found my buck. 
I said that validates a lot. Yeah, that's remember. That's, yeah, you said that validates everything, and it does. Yeah, whether you know that I knew that at the moment I shot that arrow, I was like, right. if I find this buck, that validates a lot. <laughs> everything, and now I'm thinking that way. And when I got my buck, I'm like, Clayton's right. Like everything we talk about is laying right in front of me. Yeah, and there is the... part of it that's like that. Yeah, because uh, Tyler Straub, my buddy, sends me a meme yesterday. Of the crooked-eyed guy from Mr. Deeds. You remember that guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it says, Matthew shooters, when they see a six-inch group or something, or (laughs) I don't know what it was, but it was making fun of Matthew's bow hunters. Right. And I texted him back simply, the proof's in the freezer, bud. (laughs) And that's what it is. I can't say that that bow got me that deer or anything. It definitely helped because up in the poundage doing all those things shooting all being able to draw that bow as easy as i did let it down as easy as i did all the you know all those things yeah the bow helped but yeah proof's just in the but my point is talk as much shit as you want talk is talk if you want to walk down to the freezer i'll show you where the talk goes yeah the buck stops here the buck stops right here in the frigid air (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a ge but keep going yeah so anyway I think sorry. We, can, we can just, <laughs> no, no, don't say sorry at all. You're 100% right, but I think it's a stamp on the bow season right there. We can just. Stamps on the bow season. Stamps on the bow season, man. I'll just. On to the bump. next thing. Yeah. On so, to smaller, faster critters. Well, except for the fact two nights ago, I get this screenshot from you, Clayton Rots, Montana Department of Fish and Wildlife. Ugh. So Clayton's been trying to go elk hunting for the last two years now. Couldn't go last year. He had a baby. So was all fired up this year. I'm going to get a tag, archer tag. Been waiting on that email since March 15th. Yes. So he sends me a screenshot. It says, you drew a fourth season. I don't know what it said. Tag something. I didn't. I was like. It was just an alternate. Alternate tag, I think. Is what, coyotes or hound. Coyotes or hound. Yeah. No way. Um. And so they're not that far away. <laughs> anyway, that's wild. That is. Wild. I hope that comes through on the audio. Yeah, they can't hear that. But anyway, Clayton sends me a screenshot. General season elk tag. You have the hunt from I think it, I think you sent that to me two days ago. Twenty fifth is the last day. It started on the seventeenth. Yeah, you sent it to me on the sixteenth. The season opens on the seventeenth until the twenty fifth, and I'm like, Are you kidding me? And you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm like, so, and hunt from like Wednesday to Sunday. I'm like, you're going to go to Montana? I'm like, dude, I've been waiting for this tag. And figures, you know, 2020, COVID. Right. Everybody's been hunted at, and your brother's like, it's not worth your time. Well, and I think that's the reason I got it. Because nobody wanted to go. Because everybody canceled. Right. I was like number 1,095 on the alternate list, so. Right. Over a thousand people had to cancel their Montana hunt for me to even get a shot. Right. And so you're like, I'm going. I'm like, really? And I'm like, and I didn't want you to think I was being discouraging of it because then I started texting like, well, dude, if you think you got a chance to kill one, get out there. Come pick up the 6.5 Creedmoor or whatever because you're like, I don't even have a gun set up or nothing. I'm like, you can take my gun, whatever. But then you're like, ah, my brother says it's probably not worth my time. And I'm like, that is the most 2020 tag if I've ever seen it. So, Yeah. Mitch, my little brother, who's the most savage hunter that I know, drew this 
special unit mule deer tag this year. Yeah. It's the size of Franklin County, the unit. They issue 25 tags. Wow. So, like, anybody from Franklin County knows. That's a big area for only 25 that's tags. a huge area. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of square miles. Right. For 20, thousands of square miles. Thousands. I don't know. But hundreds big, of big. thousands of acres. <laughs> yeah. Big. For 25 people. Yeah. And, you know, the day I called him and told him I drew the tag, he said he had passed two bucks that were over 160. Mm. And because he's hunting, he's like, in this unit. You're trying to shoot a 200 inch mule deer. You either mule. shoot a 200 inch mule deer or you eat it. Wow. Yeah. And it, and in 30 years in that valley, they've shot one deer over 200 inches. Ugh. In 30 years. That's crazy. But he's set on killing a 200-inch deer, and he probably will. Knowing him. hard enough, yeah. You know. How long does that last? Like, how long does he have to do it? He took 14 days off to cut, try and kill one of these deer. Wow. So he's out there doing that. And he hadn't been seeing any bulls. He said he's been seeing a bunch of cows. But the bulls, from what he said, pushed into the real thick timber. Mm. And it's just hard to sneak them yeah. in the thick timber when they're not responding to any calls or anything. You got to get real lucky. And he said, well, you can come out and shoot a cow, maybe. So I decided just, you know, with work in the gun business right now, it... it probably wasn't the best decision so i decided next year i'll just Back take a couple one. take a couple extra vacation days with three preference points in montana i'm almost guaranteed to draw next year for archery so Spend. i'll probably just take the first two weeks of september and try and get one with the bow next year that's what you want to do i mean that's what i wanted to tell you like just save it but with that you don't eat the points if you get that tag, you oh, retain really? your points for next year. Oh, well, that, and yeah, with you having a guy to stay with and hunt with, and yeah. like basically your airfare to get out there is all you're going to be out. Which, because of the corona, was only $240. So that was a no-brainer then. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was raring to go. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. So it, that's the most 2020 tag draw if I've ever heard it, though. Just like nothing works out in 2020. Well, except no. for our bow season. Except but, everything else. Except everything else. We have the best year of our life. <laughs> so so that that ended that little like spark that happened this week yeah that was a flash in the pan as they say powder was wet yeah and then so immediately after i filled my buck tag i'm like man i haven't had this feeling in several years like what are we gonna do now it's a feeling and so we got i normally would go to west virginia this coming weekend to hunt a couple days rifle down there mm -hmm. But with a baby coming in three weeks and no cell phone service, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go down there. I mean, I've been debating hard, and then Clayton's like, we should probably just go hunt some ducks and some bears and small game. And I'm like, that sounds good, too. So, I don't know. What's next? I would say what's next is, like, Mountains to Bayous is not a deer hunting podcast by any stretch of the word. Yeah. Um, so, we are going to check the deer off the list mm -hmm. and we're going to move on to the next thing which on tuesday the migratory game bird duck season opened up in pennsylvania mm -hmm. so i'd say over the next week we're going to try to uh shoot some ducks and you know i like to say that i wish squirrels were extinct <laughs> but i think we're going to go 
try and hunt some squirrels. Try to hunt some squirrels. And this year, um, for some reason, they say every seven years, the rabbit population explodes. Yeah. And I got a pretty good beat on a lot of rabbits, and I would like to shoot some rabbits this year. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, my focus has turned to probably the opening couple of days of rifle season. I'm going to try and... I thought uh, my next goal is to shoot a, a whitetail with my father-in-law's thirty thirty that I got from him a couple years ago. Open yep. sights, yep. and uh, you know, just for no other reason than for myself, I want to shoot a deer with a thirty thirty. Just so when I'm eighty, I can be like, oh yeah, back in the day we used to shoot him with a thirty thirty. <laughs> open sight, open sights. Yeah. So I mean, that's what's next uh, for me, and I think you know, next week we're gonna take a couple days off before Thanksgiving and see if we can't put some some different meat in the freezer yeah i'm looking forward to that honestly i like i said i haven't had this feeling in a couple of years where i'm like not that it's easy to get a doe but you know we can i think both of us feel like we can get a doe almost with a rifle pretty easily when we want so i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely try and shoot a doe or two to because you have two deer in the freezer i like to kill two um two or three deer a year so I'm, I'm gonna definitely try and shoot a doe with the rifle uh clayton likes to do a little doe management at his place we so i think this will be like uh the fourth fourth year we're gonna have our annual doe hunt at bco um and so we'll go over and and try to shoot a couple of does which is always it's turned into my favorite hunt it's of the still year. my favorite hunt of the year regardless of anything that we do with bow hunting we both <laughs> or tore up with bow hunting the doe hunt is what we look because it's just it's pressure free we're doing it almost for management much as anything you want to pure enjoyment yeah you want to take some does off your property we love to eat deer meat obviously and we just hunt carefree not that we hunt carefree but we hunt carefree like well we try stuff that we never tried like the spot and stock and yeah take the 30 30 with no i mean i'm gonna feel like an idiot out there with the freaking hell's canyon with a freaking three to 15 vortex and clayton's gonna be running the 30 30 freaking but I, I think it's more than that i think it's the whole experience even it's, from just you know the ride over it's I mean, camp life too we cook an awesome meal the tradition of yeah. rifle hunting in pennsylvania yeah it's changed a lot recently in the last two years with the saturday, saturday opener open, and sunday hunting this year now we're hunting sunday the first sunday yep. after thanksgiving is legal in pa yep so the dates have changed but you know i mean for me that's great yeah uh i mean honestly for everyone that's great other than some old heads who think the tradition got messed up but right. that's conversation for another day but yeah the, just the whole thing it's like the tradition of the pennsylvania rifle season it's a thing it's it's a thing man and uh i'm really looking forward to going over there and just cold weather with, I, with yeah. the rifle and and just getting it done i mean we're gonna get it done last year went over <laughs> it was it was snowing that first morning right and we were sitting up there and you're just watching the snow and you're looking out because clayton's got this stand on his property and you just look down the valley look at the mountains and we're just sitting there. It's, it's the whole thing. And then we have, I mean, we cook a ridiculous meal, the whole nine yards. It's about the camp life in a way. Oh, yeah, big time. So probably more about the camp life than anything for that hunt. I think so. I think the hunting yeah. takes a back seat right. to just the whole experience outside of being in the stand and pulling the trigger. Right, yeah, because we're just, we're 
well actually last year on doe day i shot my buck which i'm very thankful for but in general we're just out there we're happy to shoot a doe we're happy to not shoot a doe i mean we want to shoot a doe but oh, we're gonna shoot does yeah but we just man the whole thing it's it's a whole pennsylvania rifle season the whole thing no doubt yeah so we got that coming up in two weeks hopefully somewhere in around there our season comes in the saturday after thanksgiving so we'll probably hunt sometime after that in the in the two weeks following that is when our doe day usually falls um but then maybe next week get over and try and hunt some bear and ducks and yeah and then i've got a uh duck hunt scheduled for north louisiana the first week of january very much looking forward to that oh man we're going to be hunting in the monroe louisiana area which is you know historically very good right um mostly rice fields that'll be fun which will be great i mean just to you know trying to slip in the bayous portion of mountains to bayous go down there in louisiana and pound some ducks with a a good friend of mine so i i mean i don't know what else to say other than the archery season was extremely successful and i can't wait to see what the next couple months of of hunting brings i mean it's you know i was listening today to the meat eater podcast i think they did it back in july but they had this duck hunter on yeah and he said you know the older i get the less I care about the amount of trigger pulls yeah. and the more I care about the experience. Mm. And I don't think you can really word that a whole lot better. That's it right there. That's it. Now I'm, I'm, I'm looking as forward to the next two to three weeks as I was the last three weeks, honestly. And there's nothing better than hunt, bow hunting the rut in my mind, but like, I'm just so excited to, go out and hunt some different stuff like i've never really gotten to duck hunting much so we'll do that a couple of times but i guess the big thing for me is i got a baby coming in three weeks so i I don't know how much time i'm gonna have after yeah your whole operation's about to be flipped on its head yeah exactly so i'm hoping to get in you know as much hunting as i can in the next three weeks because after you know the baby comes you know i'll probably be rightfully so i'm excited about but i'll be tied up with him for probably through the you know the end of this year i don't know if i'll get any more hunting in after that so maybe a morning if i'm lucky depends how everything's going yeah so which is like leads us into thanksgiving next week which is like it's my favorite holiday and i think we've talked about it before on the podcast but it's, it is just a time there's so many there's so much good things going on in the hunting world around that time when i was a kid and before i was able to hunt man i used to love thanksgiving because i would begin with my my grandfather and all my uncles when we had thanksgiving they're leaving to go upstate the next day and i wasn't you know of hunting age yet but they're all telling stories and getting ready to go because the rifle thing is like it's a thing for a lot of people that's opening day they haven't even hunted yet yeah like we were talking about uh saturday a lot of people haven't even hunted yet haven't even hunted yet i mean we got it all blown out (laughs) like good luck and they they're just you know my customers are just getting in the stores and buying ammunition get you know getting their gun sighted in right. getting all their stuff together because to them hunting season's about to start it's about to start and you shouldn't bow hunt because we don't want them in our spots but you definitely shouldn't bow hunt, yeah but you especially should, with a crossbow yeah no you should definitely not hunt with a crossbow but that's why you should bow hunt because 
I mean, honestly, you're missing the best time to hunt. I mean, I hate to say that, but you are. You're not, though. <laughs> but not in Pennsylvania, you're not. But if you're hunting in other places, you're missing the best spots. But, no, so I'm fired up. Dude, I'm, I'm more looking forward to to hunting rifle season without a buck tag this year than I have with a buck tag the last two it's years. It's a whole different experience. Yeah, because I have no pressure. Well, and this year is even better because in PA, the first two weeks, which were or was it the first week was historically antler deer only in our area in our area for the last few years and now um you can shoot antlerless deer the first day right um i just think the game commission is trying to knock the population down well the whole cwd thing they're worried about that in our area right um so i mean it's wide open i just can't wait to be sitting on the first day and be passing nanny does be like waiting for the right one to come up like all right she's a fatty yeah and <laughs> it is nice to trophy hunt does yeah i'm so looking forward like that's ah, gonna be a hard drag i'm gonna let her walk yeah ah, give her another year she needs another year <laughs> and then when i get that old you know gray faced doe that steps up in the right spot i'm like that's the one i'm gonna take yeah i'm so fired it's up a luxury that. It, it's such a luxury, honestly, to be out there hunting and not having to worry. Be like, all right, is a buck falling this group of does? Where are the bucks at? I want to get some meat in the freezer. I haven't killed a deer yet, but I don't want to mess my chance of a buck. Now I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait for the perfect shot on a doe. Other than that, I'm good. Yeah. So it's a different experience I'm looking forward to have. I haven't had in the last few years, so I'm fired up about that. So um, I don't know, man. Other than that, 2020 has been a weird year for us, for the country, I shouldn't say for us, for a lot of the world. For the world, it's been a weird year, but in a way, when I look back at you and I talking in January, and then we did 75 hard, all the conversation we had over 2020, and this is before even COVID really hit. I guess COVID was around when we decided to do 75 hard, but like, honestly, I think this is the first year in the last several that I can say without a shadow of a doubt I'm going to leave 2020 a better person hunting aside um, obviously the hunting was great but I'm going to leave 2020 a much much better person mentally physically spiritually all these things I'm going to leave 2020 better than when I started it and I'm fired up about that yeah you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean, man. It uh, It's one of those things where if you think short term, yeah, you're going to lose probably. Mm, right. But if you map it out starting in January and you map out your year and you come up with a plan, you know, I want to get physically fit. Yep. I want to have my equipment dialed in. I want to have my spots dialed in. I want to do the right things in life. I want to be going to church. I want to be a good husband. Yep. I, you know, I want to be a good employee. I want to be the whole, you know, the whole package. And yep. I want to make the right decisions day after day. Yep. Whether it's eating correctly, uh, getting out of bed when you don't want to get out of bed to go work out or go put in a couple extra hours at the office so that you can enjoy your time out in the woods you know it's those little decisions and coming up with a plan and then sticking to the plan man 
it's amazing how stuff just kind of ends up coming together for you and people always say like man must be nice or he he's a lucky guy yeah or like right time right place or you know those really successful people that are famous and and they talk about it took me 15 years to become an overnight success right right it's the work that you do when people aren't looking yeah people aren't watching right it's the little decisions every day you know maybe i don't need a donut maybe i should eat just some eggs for breakfast right uh i'm gonna go out and shoot 15 arrows today it's kind of shitty outside i'm gonna go you know i ran five miles yesterday my legs feel terrible i'm gonna go run five miles again today it's those little things that keep compounding themselves Yep. At the end of the year, you can sit next to the campfire and drink a couple of beers and be like, wow, all yeah. those little things I did throughout the year, they just added up to the best year of my entire life. It's It's been the best year of my life. Um, I got this little baby coming in three weeks. So when that happens, it'll, you know, for sure be the best year of my life. But it's, man... I'm just super proud of the way that this year's went on so many different levels. It's all those things you just said, man. And I credit a lot to you because I never even heard of 75 hard. Like, I've not been always the most disciplined person. I mean, I've always been career-oriented and those sort of things. But, like, dude, after 75 hard, we started that in May. So I I feel stupid because I gave up freaking the first four or five months of the year. But, dude... I think everybody had the opportunity during COVID to get better. And I think we can both honestly say, yeah, we did that. Well, I mean, when adversity comes, yeah. you can either get better or you can get worse. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned so much, taught myself a lot. I had a great boast and I don't want to draw back to hunting because this isn't, this is a life conversation, but like you, you, there's only there's only one person in control of you. You know what I mean? You're con- you're in control of all those little things yep. every day. You know, so I'm fired up about 2020. I know it's I know it's been a tough year in a lot of different ways for a lot of people, but I mean I'm I'm pumped up the way Mountain Sabayus handled it. And dude, what's yeah, we com- handled it like champs. <laughs> what's coming next year? I don't know. Only God knows that. But I feel like we've set ourselves up in a in a spot today that I'm already I'm so far ahead from where I started coming into twenty I don't know what twenty twenty one might bring. Well, I know exactly what it's gonna bring. <laughs> it's gonna bring we're starting seventy five hard again. Yep. In January at some point. And maybe we'll do a better job this year of documenting that on the podcast. And and I challenge anybody out there who does listen to this look up 75 hard yeah call us up text us write me on the podcast i know what 2021 is going to bring already yeah i don't know the events that it's going to bring but you know i told you the night that i shot my buck i'm already thinking about getting ready for next year he said time to start you text me later that night you text me a couple of things we were texting because it's like one in the morning we're all fired up you text me two things that stuck out to me. The first one was best shower beer I've ever had. <laughs> Can I just say 
that if you haven't experienced at the end of the day a hot shower and an ice cold beer in the shower yeah you haven't lived yeah yeah and i knew what you were saying shower beers are the best beers yeah and you you said best shower beer i've ever had and you said i cannot wait for 2021 in so many words i don't know exactly the first thing i know you said but you said something about 2021 that was basically time to start prepping for 20 i can't wait i'm itching and i'm just like man that's that's the kind of spirit you need to bottle that moment right there and just this is how you need to live every day you need to wake up pack every day exactly with that, with that feeling that i can't wait for 2021 man i i did all this in 20 just imagine what i can do with how much I improved this year, imagine what I can do in 2021. And it's small victories, man. You can't rest on your laurels. No. I tell Jill, this is a little tradition that she doesn't even know about. Mm-hmm. I tell Jill every year on th- on New Year's Eve night, yep. when everyone's half cocked, yep. I tell Jill every year, tw- you know, whatever the next year is, I say next year is going to be the best year of our life. And ever since I started doing that and taking that attitude, it has happened. Man. So next year, all I can think about, whatever I accomplished this year, that wasn't shit. Yeah. I texted my buddy Brian, you know, who I had on here, uh, about physical fitness. And I I said, I'm running a marathon in April of 2021, and I'm going to be in the best shape that I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. So I'm already thinking about setting my goals for next year, which is I want to be in the best shape of my life. Yep. I want to accomplish certain things in my life with myself and my family. Um, But I'm already thinking about my fitness goals, my golf goals, and my hunting goals. And I want them to be better than this year. And if you're not constantly striving to make a plan in the future and accomplish more this year, next year than you did this year, I think you're approaching life all wrong. I agree. I can't say that you're approaching it all wrong, but I agree that if you approached it that way, it'd be a lot better for everybody out there, no matter what your circumstance is. And I know, like, Clayton and I are very blessed, and I'm not even, you know, we're not even, I'm not trying to discredit anybody going through hard times. But your attitude can change a lot of the issues that you're going through yeah good or bad it's all about the right attitude and i i want to say thank you on this podcast to you directly for that because you've helped me with that and i feel like mentally now i'm in the best place i've ever been in my life percent yeah so um dude i can't wait i'm fired up for i know you are you're a different person than when you started the year a hundred percent man I remember even even a few years ago, you'd be like, man, you're negative. You're negative. You're negative. Dude, you haven't told me that in a long time. You're not negative anymore. Yeah. Everything you say is positive. Yeah. I'm everything. Tr- yeah. I'm trying to be more positive, and it's, it shows through in everything that you do. And it breeds positivity. Exactly. Positivity breeds positivity. Right. right. And success. So, like, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're fat, yeah. And you want to not be fat. You know what you can do tomorrow? You can get up, you can walk a mile. Everybody can walk for 30 minutes. Walk for 30 minutes. Right. 
if you can't walk for 30 minutes, walk for 15 minutes. Walk and for then for the next week, make your goal to walk for 30 minutes. Yeah. If you can't do one push-up, try and do one push-up. Yep. If you can't do one, yep. do it on your knees. And then the next day, do one push-up, not on your knees. Right. And you just got to keep improving. And the goal is you got to just keep setting the bar higher and higher. Yep. And you got to stay disciplined. You yep. know, all you ever hear anybody talk about is discipline, discipline, discipline. And it and it sounds like horse shit until you start doing it. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, that was correct. You know? So yep. you got to set the goal, whatever it is. If you want to kill an eight point next year, you got to start now. And you got to think about where do I need to hunt next year where I can right. kill an eight point? Right. Where are there eight points living? Where are there eight points living? Right. How am I going to get enough time to do this? How am I going to get enough time to do this? Okay, right. I picked out the spot. I got the time. Now what do I need to do? Yep. If your goal is to lose 50 pounds, yep. you need to think, what am I doing now? What's in my diet that I can change, that I can lose one pound in the next two weeks? And then after that, what can I do to lose four pounds in the next month? Yep. And you just need to keep compounding little victories on top of little victories on top of little victories. And then at some point in the next 12 months, you will sit back and say, wow. Wow. I can't believe I was that person that I used to be. Right. That's what you'll say. I've said that to myself so many times this this fall, this year. In the last six weeks, I've said that to myself. Even down to the point where I was hunting the other day, I was like, man, if I wasn't in the shape I'm in now... I probably would have got lazy and be like, ah, oh, man, I don't feel like going up there. I, I got to carry my climber in there. If I kill a deer, I have no way to get out. Like, not not that I was in, like, morbid shape back then, but, like, little corners that you would normally cut when you're not feeling their best mentally and mm -hmm. physically, you just you just cut them. But now, I don't, I don't take as many shortcuts. There's still things I can do better. I'm, like, that's what we're talking about. We're getting better a little bit, but you will stop cutting so many shortcuts so, so many corners like now you're gonna do the extra thing i'm gonna go up there and scout that even if i don't want to i'm gonna spend the extra time reading a book you know whatever it is you can spend little time and it just like you said it snowballs yeah i'm gonna do this little thing and then the next day you're like well that was easy i didn't die so i'm gonna do this little thing i'm gonna run three miles i'm gonna run five miles i'm gonna run ten whatever it is take it and apply it to your life and the next thing you know, you will look back six months and go, man, I can't believe I was once that person. Yeah. Maybe you want to be, maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you want to be in a better spot financially. You right. know what you do? Yeah. You cut out a couple meals out every week. Right. I don't need to buy coffee. I can make coffee. I can sit, maybe, maybe you can only save $50 a week. So you save $50 a week. Yep. Next thing you know, six months from now, you're saving $500. And you just got to keep doing the things to get you to the spot where you want to be. Yep. Which goes all the way back to you have to picture the life you want. Yep. And then you have to build it in reverse order. What do I need to do today to put me one step closer to where I want to be? Yep. And I think, you know, financially, physically, with your family hunting whatever your passion is yeah you got to figure out you know 2020 was a shit year for a lot of people yeah so you got to figure out listen i've only got so many years left on this earth 
I'm not going to let Donald Trump or Joe Biden or yeah. whoever determine what my life turns out to be. Amen. You got to look at the situation and think, okay, they dealt me 2-7 offsuit. I got to find a way to win. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Those yeah. people are not going to determine your life, no. whether it be a success or a failure. You only got a how x amount of years yeah so you better take advantage of the time you got choose your goal and then pick the steps to get there that's good advice man that's good advice and it's easy for us to sit here and say it because like i said clayton and i are very blessed people we live we live a way way above average life so it's easy for us to say but i truly believe that you can apply those i know people are down on luck but you gotta just find a way you got to find a way to mentally be one, one small thing better. It's like that Navy SEAL um, commander giving that famous speech. Make your bed. Right? Get up every morning and make your bed. Make your bed. Fold That's, your underwear when you put them away in the right, drawer. Right. Just do something small. To get that one small victory. Because if, if at least if everything else goes wrong the rest of the day, you go home at night, you got a perfectly made bed. And if you are living a blessed life. Yeah. In a privileged life, yeah. Don't sit back, no, and say, "Wow, I live a blessed life. I don't need to do anything." It can all be taken. Find away a way to too. get better. Exactly, exactly. Whatever sit your situation is, there's always a way. There's so, a way. I mean, I would say, yeah, to wrap <laughs> this whole thing up. Yeah, we had a we had a quite a, a array of conversations there, and it went from a a. A good hunt, and a, I was a little bit down. It's kind of the same thing, man. I, w I was high and I was low, but I was staying positive. I was trying to stay positive. Although, when we were up there on the mountain, like, if I'd have had a rope, I would have probably hung myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't It wasn't quite that bad, but you, you always just, you got to try to find the, the small, small victories, man. I honestly think that this whole life, this whole podcast, this whole life is just small victories. So we, you and I always talk about, we text each other small victory like oh man the blinds came today small victory the weather looks great for saturday small victory oh yeah this podcast <laughs> the name of this episode is going to be little victories yeah <laughs> yeah so you just got to find a way to celebrate those and just get them snowballing man so, i agree um what's your concluder i mean i know that was like a 20 minute concluder that was that a was strong your... concluder yeah uh my only concluder is you know um probably a similar concluder to a lot of other episodes uh it's the 18th of november probably yeah. going to post this on the 19th of november which means you got about 40 days left in 2020 mm -hmm. make the most of them spend the next 40 days enjoying whatever experience it is whether you get out once to hunt or whether you get out 30 times to hunt enjoy the crunch Enjoy the sun coming up, but the whole time that you're out there in the woods or on the golf course or in the office, you better think about 2021 and your goals and what am I going to do in 2021 to be better and accomplish more than you did in 2020. I can't say it any better. Episode 16, Mountains to Bayous out.